0: leaders are first and foremost servants on today's podcast we get a glimpse into the life and leadership of our very own dan busby as he shares his reflections on leadership from a heart of service
1: pursuing god-honoring responsible stewardship in governance financial accountability and fundraising welcome to the excellence in ministry podcast from ecfa
0: Hey everyone, this is Bonna Lau. Thanks for tuning in to another Excellence in Ministry Podcast. This is a special episode as we hear from our fearless leader Dan Busby, as the title of the podcast suggests, about leading from a heart of service. ECFA's Michael Martin actually spoke with Dan about this on the Church Administration podcast, and it was so good we knew the ministry podcast audience couldn't miss out on Dan's wisdom. So without further ado, let's tune into that conversation.
1: Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another Excellence in Church Administration podcast. This is Michael Martin from ECFA, and we have a great episode in store for you today as we welcome back my friend, Dan Busby, president of ECFA. Many of you know Dan as a prolific author, a speaker, and a leading authority on churches and nonprofits. But one of my greatest privileges at ECFA is to have Dan as a mentor and to really get a front row seat to his incredible godly leadership. And really, it's his leadership from a heart of service that has made such a difference in our ministry at ECFA and to all those that we have the blessing of serving here. So today, I have invited Dan onto the podcast for you to get a glimpse into really just some of his background that you may not have known before, and to hear some of his reflections on leading from a heart of service. So Dan, thanks so much for stopping by to share with with us today. Good. Well, hey, as I mentioned earlier, we're really looking forward to hearing some of your reflections today on service and a key principle at ECFA is serving, serving churches, serving other nonprofit ministries. And if my math is right, um, you've been on staff here at ECFA for 19 plus years. Uh, Beyond that, you also volunteered on a key ECFA committee prior to that. So I think that's a total of nearly 30 years. Uh, But I know that even earlier than 30 years ago, God was really preparing you uh, to serve here at e c f a so the question is just to kind of get us started, Dan, how and when did God place in your heart the desire to serve
2: well, Michael, my wife and I were in East Kansas a couple of weeks ago, and we went back to the small village of of thirty people where I grew up and and the home uh, that I grew up in was uh, was a home of service to others. I was reminded of that again when we stopped by the country cemetery where my parents are buried. And under my father's name on the gravestone is the single word preacher, and under my mother's name is the single word teacher. And both of those words are understated because my father preached in many of the largest camp meetings of the day across the United States in the 40s, 50s, and into the 60s. And And my mother taught grade school for 33 years riding in a horse-drawn buggy to her first school in southeast Kansas, if you can believe it. (laughs) Um, So under the words preacher and teacher on the gravestone is a candle holder. My dad wanted that, especially wanted that on the gravestone with the candle burned way down, and these words are underneath the candle holder. It says, in giving light to others, they were burned away. And the lessons that I learned about serving others um, at at home would prepare me for my lifetime of service to
1: others. Absolutely. That's so neat uh, to get to hear about the legacy that you had of service, really from two godly people that sounds like they really, truly understood service. So I guess you could say that this is really, truly part of your DNA. Um, so when, Dan, did you first recognize that God might be leading you specifically uh, to this area of serving churches and other Christ-centered nonprofits.
2: Well, I still remember the time when I was 19 years old, uh, a college junior, and I was taking a class in federal income tax, and trying to apply what I was learning in college. One day, I looked at my father's income tax return. Uh, as a minister, um, he was serving as a district leader for our denomination and and doing other evangelistic work. And even though I hadn't learned very much about income tax in that federal income tax course, I could tell that his tax return, his minister's tax return, was not accurately prepared uh, by someone who was holding themselves out to be a tax return preparer. Uh, and so he was paying someone every year to prepare his tax return, and they were not doing it correctly. Um, you know, at that time, there were no books on preparing tax returns for ministers and so i can't fault that tax return prepared too much in fact the books would not have come come along for nearly another 30 years but i still remember that the lord planted a seed in my heart uh, that day that i should help fill the void in tax return preparation information for ministers Wow. so you know fast forward 20 years i was 40 years old or so and and one day I made a list of goals that I would like to reach by the time I was fifty. So you've always been a goal setter. <laughs> I, I I have always been about goals. And one of those goals was to write a book by age fifty. Um, little did I know that at age fifty I would write two books under a contract with Zonerman, now HarperCollins. One a book about ministers' taxes and finance, and the other a book about nonprofit organization taxes and finance. And uh, with the books that are scheduled, uh, those books that are scheduled for publication uh, by the end of this year, that will make 28 consecutive years of seeing the two books published annually. And uh, this has been an important part of my writing career that has seen 10 different titles and 60 editions of books, some with co authors, including you, Michael. And uh, these books ha- have never been close to New York Times bestseller lists books but
1: they have been part of a lifestyle of service to others. No, that's right. So you are totally an overachiever. I mean, one of your goals was to write one book, right, by the time you were 50. So you went beyond that and decided you might as well just do another one while you're at it, huh? Right, right. Well, good. Well, no, you're right. Those books, um, you know, Dan, he would never really brag about this, but we hear all the time about how those two books, uh, the one on uh, taxes for ministers and also for churches and nonprofits. how they've really made such a difference to pastors, to churches, and other nonprofit leaders throughout the years. So I, for one, am really thankful that God placed that dream in your heart and that not only that, but you were also faithful to pursue it. So while we're here, I think one other thought that I have on service, and, and that is that the type of service, Dan, that you're talking about today it really requires preparation, right? You can't just roll out of bed and decide one day that you're gonna make an impact on the level that you're talking about. So uh, I'd love to know, Dan, how did you prepare? uh, What were your preparations like to serve others in this way?
2: Well, Michael, it is a principle that serving others requires preparation. And after serving 10 years, finishing as controller at the University of Kansas Medical Center in Kansas City, I started my own CPA firm at age 34. My goal was to provide service to Christians and Christ-centered churches and nonprofits. Forty-three years later, the firm still serves that purpose under the name Keller & Owens in Overland Park, Kansas. Later, I went on to be the chief financial officer of a religious denomination, the Westland Church in Indianapolis, and there I had the incredible opportunity to serve both the denomination and its pastors and churches, but that was all part of being prepared to serve in an even greater way at a later time.
1: No, absolutely. And uh, just kind of thinking back to Dan, with the benefit of that hindsight now, you know, how would you tie the preparation for service across all of those years with your service now here at ECFA?
2: Well, throughout my lifetime, um, God was preparing me for something else. And now, uh, looking back, it's crystal clear that God was preparing me to serve at ECFA. You know, for example, uh, across those years I was privileged to serve 110 man-years on the boards of churches and other nonprofits. So, in essence, God was giving
1: me board governance boot camp training. Now, how do you do 110 man-years when you're not 110 years old? The secret is
2: uh, to serve on many boards at the same time if you're, if you're going to you. come up with that number but <laughs> that's not something i recommend um but uh, but being the managing partner of of a cpa firm helped me to understand the needs of, of many churches and non and as you said uh, in 1989 i began serving in a volunteer role on some of ecfa's key committees and then in 1999 i joined the ecfa staff and I had the privilege to make over 301 day visits to ecfa members that was that was one of the greatest privileges of my life to spend time in rescue missions pregnancy resource centers camps radio and television ministries and and so much more all of that was was simply incredible preparation to serve in my current role as ecfa's president so Looking back, it's clear to me that that God allowed me to obtain education and experience related to ECFA's three key pillars, governance, financial management, fundraising, and gift administration. Uh, Michael, you know ECFA's mission statement is enhancing trust in Christ-centered churches and ministries. And a couple years ago when I wrote the book, trust the firm foundation for kingdom fruitfulness i observed that givers choose trust volunteers prioritize trust board members value trust collaborators embrace trust and god honors trust and so you know across my career god was simply preparing me to serve our nearly 2300 members today with combined annual revenues of over $27 billion and contributions of over $17 billion, helping them to enhance trust. And as you know, ECFA is first and foremost an accreditor uh, based on ECFA's standards uh, that provide the guardrails for trusted ministries. But we are much more than that. We are a resource provider serving churches, moving them to a higher level of trust and we do that through podcasts like the one today through webinars videos conference presentations ebooks printed books and and so much more
1: yeah I could not agree more that we are really so blessed and to get to help enhance trust through ECF ministries like you mentioned with accreditation and also you know all of the different resource streams that we're involved in today And throughout your service and leadership here at ECFA, you've had the privilege, just thinking back, of being involved in so many uh, different initiatives that have made a kingdom impact like you talked about. So how would you summarize, if you can, if you could summarize the opportunities that you've had to serve churches and other ministries here at ECFA?
2: Well, it continues to be the joy of my life, what gets me up in the morning to play a small role. In helping enhance trust in Christ centered churches and ministries. You know, the trust premise is very simple. Christ centered ministries with trusted governance, trusted resource raising, and trusted resource management
1: experience elevated kingdom outcomes. Right. You said it's simple, but it's one of those simple but profound (laughs) concepts, right? Um, well, no, that's a really helpful way just to tie it all together as we bring the podcast here to a close. And as we do, I just want to say thank you, Dan, on behalf of so many that I know have been impacted by your leadership and by your heart of service. And we appreciate you. We appreciate your continued obedience, uh, to pursue God's call of service on your life. And not just me, but I know for many others, there's so much that we can glean from. So thank you. Well, thank you, Michael. Well, and on that note, too, just for those of you that are out there listening to the podcast, if you have enjoyed this time with Dan and you really want to hear more lessons from his leadership and his service over the years, you definitely want to get a copy of the book that he mentioned earlier on the podcast, and that is Trust, The Firm Foundation for Kingdom Fruitfulness. You can find that out on Amazon. You can also catch some free short videos from the Trust book on our ECFA media page under the Resources tab at our website, Just for Churches. And that's at ecfa.church. Well, our thanks again to Dan for sharing with us today, and thanks to each of you for tuning in and for investing in your leadership. God bless you, and we look forward to being with you again soon for another Excellence in Church Administration podcast.
0: Well, I hope that was a blessing to you. If you've enjoyed that time with Dan and want to hear more lessons from his leadership and service over the years, you definitely want to get a copy of his book he mentioned earlier. Trust, the firm foundation for kingdom fruitfulness. You can find that on Amazon, and you can also catch a series of videos from the Trust book on ecfa.org under media on our resources page. Our thanks again to Michael and Dan for sharing that conversation. And thanks to each of you for tuning in and investing in your leadership. We look forward to being with you again on the Excellence in Ministry podcast. God bless.